Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius again, and this is Fortress of the Mind. And tonight we'll be answering another question I received by email from a reader, as always. And this is a pretty good question. He says, Hi QC, I'd like your thoughts on something. Let's say a friend of yours is upset. Say he just had a bad breakup or lost his job. You can see the pain in his face. Do you, one, ask him what is wrong, slash let him know he can vent or whatever, or two, pretend to ignore it, thus letting the man keep his dignity. Anyway, I'd like to hear your feedback. Great work, by the way. Thank you. All right. Well, this is a good question. This is a good question, and I guess it comes down to deciding how to best handle a situation where when you see or where you see a friend is suffering. All right. Now, I'm going to answer this pretty quickly. This, to me, is a pretty easy question, at least as I see it anyway. Uh, option number one, okay? And let me explain what I mean about that, and then I'll go into a little bit more detail about why I believe what I believe. One of the obligations that you have of, of friendship is, is, as I see it, is sincerity and honesty. If you can't be sincere and honest with a friend, if you can't speak your mind, if you can't create a condition where he can speak his mind, then you really don't have a friend. What you have is a a glorified acquaintance, really. And one of the sad things about modern society is that men are very hard-pressed these days to talk to each other about serious issues. There's a lot of this superficiality, I noticed, in, in relations uh, that men have with each other. They can get business done when they have to get done, but when you really want to open up to a real friend, when you really want to say what you want to say, there's often this real hesitancy to really speak your mind. And I'm not talking about sensitive personal stuff, you know, like really, really, uh, you know, intimate details about various different things, okay? Although it could be that. I mean just basic things, you know, basic things, opinions about subjects, opinions on events of the world. The mainstream media has succeeded so well in destroying the concept of friendship between men that guys are have become very, very hesitant, I think, to, uh, to open up to each other, to talk about things with each other, because every time they do that, there's this, there's this, uh, this fear they have of, oh, well, am I going to look weak? Am I going to look gay? Am I going to look like a dork? Am I going to look like this or that or whatever? And there's all these barriers, man. There's all these barriers and guys worrying about the implications and complications and all this other nonsense. And that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's just nonsense. All right. Um, you know, my view of, of friendship is that you should at least be able to talk about the minimum details. You should be able to go to a friend about it for advice. Okay. Now, there's certain subjects, I think, that are probably very sensitive and, and almost off limits, I think, even among friends. But this, to me, is not the question that, that this, this guy is asking is not that sensitive. And there's a real deficit of sincerity out there. You know, in modern culture, modern society, you you see out there in the media, celebrities, internet, uh, personalities out there, everybody is, is blathering. Everybody's talking a lot of nonsense. Everybody's uh, speaking from the rooftops. 
but there's a real lack of sincerity. What you have is just you have just excessive marketers, excessive screamers, chest beaters, uh, braggarts, big mouths. But what you really don't have is a lot of sincerity, a lot of actual considered honest emotion that comes from a position of sincerity where you're actually trying to help somebody do something. You're trying to help someone solve a problem. So my opinion about this situation is if you see a friend and he's hurting, you're not doing him any favors by just papering it over. You're not really doing him any favors by just pretending it doesn't exist. All right. So yeah, I think you do have some sort of basic obligation, if this guy really is a friend of yours, to intercede and to try to inquire about what's bothering him. Okay. But again, the devil is in the details here. It's all about how you do it. Everything is about how you do it. And this is where there's such a thing as finesse and tact that comes in. And this is something that can only be learned with experience. It's something that can only be learned with experience because when someone is maybe guarded and sensitive and hurting, they're not going to really want to open up very much. They're going to they're, they're going to want to protect themselves from further wounding. If you've got an open wound and it's showing to the world, the last thing you want is for someone to put a finger in it and twist that finger around. But if it's done in the right way, people will really appreciate it. People will really appreciate it. And I've had the same thing happen to me once. Uh, many years ago, I was in a situation where I had uh, gone through something uh, that was reasonably traumatic. And that's when you really find out who your friends are. That's when you really find out who your friends are. A lot of my friends avoided me, uh, were not willing to broach the sensitive issue. But I had one guy that did. He actually said, hey, you know, you know, I just wanted to give you a call. Thought you might be feeling down. You want to come out for a drink? Let's go out for a drink. It was no big deal on the surface of it, but it meant everything because it was sincere. It came from a place of sincerity. And I always remembered that. I, I still to this day remember that, and I'll always be grateful for that. And I think that if you were to take this step with this friend of yours, I think he would remember it also. I really think that he would remember it. So that's the, that's the first point. And in a lot of ways, this question that you asked reminds me of, uh, of a passage, or reminds me of a part in, um, in one of Seneca's books called On Benefits. In Latin, it's uh, De, De Beneficiis. And this is um, book two, book two, chapter six. And um, you know the going, staying with the idea of, of not it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Basically, he says he says it's it's the manner in which things are done that's important. You know, he says you you can you can gain a lot by acting quickly, by acting swiftly, and much is lost when you delay in things. Okay, and he, he uses the, Seneca uses the examples of, of javelins and swords. He said a, a sword or a javelin weighs the same amount whether you jab it swiftly or whether you jab it slowly. But it's going to penetrate much, much further if you, if you swing it quickly. And that's really the, uh, the, um, the thing to keep in mind. It's all about how you wield the weapon. Okay. So 
that's uh, I think the the first point that he makes. You know, and another point that Seneca makes that I think is is maybe even more subtle. You know, he uses the analogy of um, of how delays are bad when it comes to friendship. He and he basically makes the point that just as prolonging an execution or, or prolonging a punishment only adds to the person's uh, discomfort and pain, so also prolonging the granting of a benefit can hurt someone as well. If you, if you see someone is hurt, if you see your friend is in pain or is hurting, and if you delay in that, if you postpone the granting of relief for that problem that you observe, you're prolonging the torture. Okay? You're prolonging the torture. So there's an implicit duty in friendship to act swiftly and not slowly. And it's funny, in this context, uh, Seneca quotes um, a poet. He doesn't give the author of, of the poem. He doesn't give the the author of the quote. But it, essentially he says, and this is on Benefits, uh, Book 2, Chapter 5, he says, The more delay that you use, the less gratitude from me I will give. You know, The more delay, the less gratitude. So delay and gratitude are proportional. You know, and the other reason why you want to act quick, you know, swiftly or quickly, it's an indication of of sincerity. It's an indication of the fact that you want to help. Because if you delay in something, the implicit message that is sent is that you really don't want to do anything. And that's uh, that really is something to keep in mind. Uh, you know, the more time that you waste in bestowing the benefit the less of an indication of friendly intent that really is. And what's great is uh, Seneca has a, a great, well, the original here, uh, the, there's a Latin epigram here that's, that, that's very succinct, as Latin always is, and it's, it's a very, very good summary of this idea. It's, it's uh, tarda velle nolentis est, and that means um, not, wanting, not wanting something uh, is, is equivalent to um, wanting something late. In other words, when you when you uh, are doing something late, when you want something but in a in a in a uh, a tardy way, a late way, that's equivalent to not wanting to do something. So it's a it's a nice phrase there that tardavella uh, nolentis est. You know, it's a it's a very very nice phrase, and, and basically it it says that uh, um, you know to want something late is to not want it. So remember that. Remember that when you're talking to your friends or when you're dealing with this friend of yours and you're concerned about his pain, you know, you should you should ask him about it, you know. But here again, like I said before, the devil is in the details. It's it's all about how you do it. How do you broach the subject? And that's really something you're going to have to really figure out for yourself because every person's personality is different. Every friend has a different set of receptors. Everyone keys off different things. But I think as long as you're sincere about it, even if you trip and stumble in the broaching of the subject, he's going to know. Okay. Again, sincerity is everything. Sincerity is, is, is everything. And I, I really, the older I get, I, I believe that so much. Because, you know, as you go through life, you're going to find out that you're surrounded by insincerity. You're surrounded by fakeness, by fraud, 
by nonsense, by bullshit, by noise, by distractions. And on those rare circumstances when you encounter sincerity, it's very nice. It really restores, uh, I think, a lot of positive energy to the universe. And I, I really think it's something that that uh, that you'll appreciate more and more. And I've, I've gotten to be very, very good at detecting it for whatever reason. I was always a, a pretty good judge of character and, and personality and things like that. But one, one of the things that, if, if there's one thing that I am proud of, I think it's, as I've gotten older, it's that my ability to uh, to hone in on personality types and to evaluate and to instantly size up whether a person is sincere or whether they are not. And it's an important skill. It's a very important skill. I think being able to judge character, being able to evaluate people is a critical, critical skill. And you've got to be observant. You've got to be able to pick up on both what is said and what is not said. So, you know, with this friend of yours, reader, I think what you do, if the situation, I don't know if the opportunity has passed yet, but if the situation ever comes up again, you just phrase it in a, in a direct way and you do it in such a way that you preserve his dignity. I would not do it, obviously, with anyone else around and say, look, you say, hey, hey I, I noticed, you know, you seem to be kind of, um, seem to be kind of feeling a little bit down. You know, what's going on, man? What's, what's, what's the situation? And, you know, if he doesn't want to talk about it, if he doesn't want to get into it, that's fine. At least you tried, and he'll remember that. You know, just like I remembered it when I told you that story uh, at the beginning of this podcast. So those are my thoughts. Those are my ideas about it. I think when in doubt, if someone really is a friend, I think you owe it to your friend to try to make an effort to find out what's going on with him uh, or her in uh, in their lives. Again, the same thing applies you know, boyfriend, girlfriend situation, everybody wants to know that you care. Everybody wants to know that you care because there's a real deficit of caring in the world. Really, people just don't, people are so busy now. People are so preoccupied with their own nonsense and they're so caught up in their own heads. They don't even have time or, or inclination to really ask about how the other guy is doing. And if you can be the one that does that, you can make a great impression. You can make a great impression and you can really add a lot of good feeling to the relationship. And in, in previous ages, people did this all the time. People did this stuff all the time, man. You know, you, um, I was, we were using the example of Seneca. And he also wrote a, um, a series of uh, consolations, uh, uh, you know, consolation essays to people that he knew. Basically, it's a it's it's almost a it's a sort of a forgotten literary genre. The the, the consolatio in Latin is the, the consolation. There used to be a a whole genre of writing, which came from the Greeks, where when you had a friend or a relative or a loved one, when they were in pain or they suffered, say, the death of a loved one, or a wife or a spouse or a brother, sister, whatever, the writer would write an, an essay to them, like a a long letter basically explaining to them why they should try to uh, comfort themselves and why they should take solace. And a lot of these consolatory essays followed a certain boilerplate pattern. You know, they talked about why, uh, you know, why maybe the, the person who has now deceased is in a better place, why we should not attach ourselves too much to the transitory things of this world, and why... 
we have to maintain our balance and our moral center and our positive energy so we can get on with the struggle of life. And it's a forgotten literary genre. Nobody really writes consolation essays anymore. Maybe they should. Maybe it would be a good idea. Maybe I should. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's nice to read them. You know, and Seneca wrote uh, three or four of them. I can't think. There's one that's Consolatio ad Helvium. Uh, there's another one to uh, uh, Consolatio ad Polybius. Polybium. Uh, uh, to the to the writer, uh, a guy named Polybius. I forget exactly who he was. And there's another one that I just can't remember off the top of my of my head. But there's there's either three or four of them from Seneca that have survived, and they're worth reading if you um, if you're into Seneca, if you like his stuff, which I think anyone who's interested in in Stoicism probably owes them owes it to themselves to check out sooner or later. So anyway, my point is. The idea of, of writing a consolation is, I think, evidence of the fact that in previous ages, people cared a lot about each other, about their friends, and um, maybe that's something that's been lost in the world. I'm not advising that you write letters to people about this stuff. I think it's, it's sufficient in today's social climate simply to ask about it and leave it at that, but the point, I think, is well taken. So that will conclude our podcast here for tonight. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.